0: Amen. You have your Bibles with you this morning? All right, let's open them first of all to Psalm 33. And before we read Psalm 33, I want to make some statements to you. When we were flying over to Joburg, one of our stops was... uh, in Cairo, Egypt. And we were going to spend the night there, and then from there going on to Nairobi and refuel and continue going. I had, a, I had a, an experience with the Lord in Cairo, Egypt. <laughs> you know, Moses had some experiences in Egypt. And Jerry had some experiences as well. And uh, we got to our hotel that night, and uh, the the trip was just fabulous. We were ahead of schedule on every leg. And uh, uh, when we got to Cairo, uh, we went in had something to eat, and then decided to retire for the night. And when I got back to my room, uh, the Lord began to talk to me about the maximum, the highest level attainable. And it took me a little while to go to sleep. I just was just basking in the presence of God. And I want to share with you some things that He said to me while there that night. But I want to lay a foundation first. So bear with me and uh, let me make some statements and then we'll get into the material that He talked to me about that particular night. I want to read something to you uh, that I wrote down. God's original intention for how man should live was the abundant life. Man was created to enjoy abundance and goodness from God all the days of his life. God provided everything that man needed. God provided in such a way that success was guaranteed. God wanted man to reflect his likeness and manifest his nature, and the nature of God is abundance. And when man disobeyed him, he could no longer enjoy this abundant life that God had set before him. The whole purpose for Jesus coming to the earth was so that he could redeem man and to restore to him the lifestyle that he had forfeited in the Garden of Eden. After man fell, God became determined to put man back in the place of the abundant life as he had originally intended. This is revealed in the words of the psalmist when he said in Psalm 8, 4, What is man that thou art mindful of him? In other words, why do you still love man after how he failed you? Why would you even have him on your mind? The message translation says, Why do you bother with man? Why do you take a second look at him? It's simply because... God is good, and God is merciful, and His mercy endures forever. When the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son. Jesus came and declared these words in John 10, 10. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. So that reveals what Jesus came to do. To restore back to man the life that he forfeited in the Garden of Eden when he committed high treason. So that's the purpose for Jesus' coming. is so that you and I could enjoy life at its highest level. Like Adam and Eve knew before sin was committed. Amen. So that is available to us now. That has always been God's plan. It's still God's plan. The Amplified Bible says, I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Abundant life. The Passion Translation says, life in its fullness. Life in its fullness. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm supposed to be living life in its fullness. Now, if we're not, whose fault is it? Certainly not God's. He went to every length to provide and to restore the life that he intended for man to live by sending his son to redeem mankind. So we have every right, every every uh, right to live that abundant life like Adam lived before sin was committed. Amen. Man was created, with the intent of abundant living. The early chapters of the book of Genesis reveal this. There are key words in Genesis chapter 1. Be fruitful, fill the earth, subdue, rule, and be blessed. Those are all words that pertain to life at the maximum, life at the highest level. God provided in such a way that mankind's success could be guaranteed if he only had remained obedient. Now, let's go to Psalm 33 for a moment and look at verse 11. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. The word counsel can also be translated plans purposes, and designs. Plans, purposes, and designs. So that it would read this way, the plans, the purposes, and designs of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. One commentary says this, the plans, the purposes, and the designs of God will be carried out and will never change. No change in human affairs can impede, obstruct, or hinder, or modify his plans. This is true to all generations, or as the original Hebrew says, from generation to generation, the plans of God cannot be changed by the passing of one generation and the coming of another. So the message translation for Psalm thirty-three eleven says all His designs are made to last. All His designs are made to last. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 14, verse 27. For the Lord of hosts hath purposed, and who shall disannul it? The message translation says, who could ever cancel such plans? Isaiah forty-six ten, My counsel will stand, and I will do all my pleasure. The message translation says, I'll do exactly what I set out to do. I'll do exactly what I set out to do. Now, to continue to lay the foundation, I want you to go to Psalm 25. Psalm 25. So I hope it's uh, established in your heart right now. That God's plans don't change. Amen. It wasn't God's plans that failed in the garden. It was Adam and Eve that failed. His plan lasts forever. His plan is secure. His original intention never changed. But it took Jesus to come into the earth and redeem mankind so that man could once again... Live the kind of life that God had planned for man in the beginning. Amen. Amen. Now, all the way through the Old Testament, we find God dealing with the individuals and eventually reaches a man by the name of Abram. Later changes his name to Abraham. And God established with Abram a covenant that provided in a limited way that abundant life. But as you know, no one could measure up to the requirements of that old covenant. It was impossible to live up to its standards. But it provided an umbrella of protection, an umbrella of, of living uh, or getting a glimpse of what that abundant life was like. Blessed coming in, blessed going out in the city, in the field. But no one could fulfill all of its requirements until Jesus. Amen. Amen. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled every jot and every tittle of it. And then gave his life so that man could be redeemed. And then he says, or he says, uh, before he gave his life, The reason I came, as we read earlier, is so that you could have abundant life to the full. Hallelujah. That's available to us right now. And I believe it certainly has everything to do with with the word the Lord's given me for 2023. Living in the maximum and the highest level attainable. That is possible. Hallelujah. It is possible to born-again Spirit-filled believers. It wasn't possible for those under the Old Testament. But because of what Jesus did, it is now possible. Hallelujah. So the blueprint is in Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to go there in just a few moments. And that blueprint has not changed. God God provided for man some very special things that we'll talk about in a few moments that would produce maximum living and the highest level attainable. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I plan to get there this year. I've enjoyed it uh, at certain levels, but this is my year to go to another level. Anybody want to go with me? Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, I want us to look at Psalm 25 and verse 4. This is David writing. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me. Thy paths, show me thy ways, and teach me thy paths. Another translation says, "Make your ways known to me. Make your ways known to me." Doing things God's way is a major key to living in total success. A major key in reaching maximum lifestyle. Some uh, Proverbs 14:12 says. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. The Passion Translation says, its end is the road to destruction. Destruction defined as ruin, devastation, failure. Nobody likes failure. Nobody in their right mind anyway. Nobody likes failure. But often, people refuse to pursue God's ways, And the Bible says that the result will be failure or destruction. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the Amplified Bible, But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right. His way of doing and being right. And notice it is emphasized that this should be a priority in our life. That we are to pursue His way of being and doing right. The Passion Translation says, Above all, do this. Above all. In other words, make seeking God's way of doing things priority in your life. God's Word, the Bible, is our instruction manual to teach us His way. The Holy Spirit is the teacher. Jesus said in John 16, 13, When He, the Spirit of truth, has come... He will guide you into all truth. The Passion Translation says, He will unveil every truth. Unveil means to make visible and clear, clarify, make comprehensive and understandable. When God's ways are clear and understandable, then our appropriating them will guarantee success. Is everybody still with me? We're just laying a foundation here, okay? Another word for ways is the word precepts, precepts, which means an authoritative rule of action. It also implies a mandate giving official instruction. The Psalmist said in Psalm 119 verse 15, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect under thy ways. So notice how they're interchangeable. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. The Passion Translation says, I set my heart on your precepts and pay close attention to all your ways. Once again, this is the Bible formula for success. It's how you enter into the realm of the maximum and the highest level attainable. Psalm 128 verse 1 says, Blessed is everyone that walketh in his ways. Anybody won't be blessed? Amen. Blessed is everyone who walketh in his ways. Hallelujah. Amen. So it looks like to me that it would be to our advantage to study the Word, invite the Holy Spirit to unveil his ways and then learn how to appropriate them. And when we do so, The Bible says in the book of James, the doer of the word will be blessed in his deeds. Can you say amen? Amen. You know, God's made this simple. It's religion that's made it hard. Amen. So, Psalm 128, 1 says, Blessed is everyone that walketh in his ways. Verse 2 from the Passion Translation says, your reward will be prosperity, happiness, and well-being. Amen. If you determine that you're going to walk in the ways of God, then the result will be or the reward will be prosperity, happiness, and well-being. That sounds like a good way to live, doesn't it? Prosperity, happiness, and well-being. Amen. Now, listen to this. Another word that the Bible uses for ways and precepts is the word laws. Laws. Psalm 19 verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. We could say it like this. The principle that God establishes is perfect. Perfect means complete, not defective, needing no improvement. Amen. Amen. God's laws need no improvement. Amen. 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 They're called called laws because they work. Amen. 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 They work. Psalm 78 verse 1 says, Give ear to my law. The Passion Translation says, Listen to the instructions. Open your heart to this revelation. Open your heart to this revelation. So from the very beginning... God establishes the principles that were intended to produce a maximum lifestyle for mankind. They were perfect. They needed no improvement. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Amen. Amen. They needed no improvement. All man had to do was to appropriate them and life at the highest level would be the result. That's why even after man failed... The principles never changed. They didn't need changing. Let's remember, it wasn't the principles that failed. It was man that failed. Amen? Amen. All right. That's my introduction. Are you ready? Now, I wrote in my notes, February the 1st, 2023, while staying overnight in Cairo, Egypt. (laughs) I like, to, I like to date and put wherever I was when the Lord gives me insight and revelation. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And bear in mind everything we just said. I'll give a Tess a little later. See if you can repeat all that. Bottom line is, God's principles don't need improvement. God's laws don't need improvement. They don't need to be changed. Hallelujah. Let's begin in verse 26. This is all familiar to you, but uh, I hope that it will help you uh, receive more insight in how that you can go to the maximum and the highest level attainable. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the earth, or over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. God blessed them. God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. So from the very beginning, God has always desired for man to live a maximum lifestyle. And in order for man to achieve that, he did this for him. Number one, he blessed him. He blessed him, which means he empowered him to prosper. He empowered him to succeed, empowered him to excel. That's what the blessing is. It's not just something we say when somebody sneezes. If that's as deep as your revelation, then your revelation is not very deep. Amen. Amen. God blessed him. God blessed man. The reason being is because he wanted him to enjoy life at its maximum. At the highest level. And it takes the blessing of God to get there. Hallelujah. And the beautiful thing is, we have it. We have it. I'm not going to get it when I get to heaven. I got it right now. It's on me right now. Hallelujah. 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 I think we ought to give the Lord a good shout for that. Praise God. The blessing. The blessing makes all the difference in the world. Amen. The blessing. The Bible says that God has blessed. His blessing is upon his people. According to Psalm 3. The blessing of the Lord is on his people. And you can't have the blessing without having favor. They are divinely connected. In Genesis chapter 12, when God told Abram, I will bless thee, the Amplified Bible says, and give you uh, an abundant increase of favor. Yes. So they are divinely connected. In Psalm 5, if you'll go there for a moment, hold your place in Genesis chapter 1. In Psalm 5, we've read this many times in the past, but I want you to see it again and particularly those of you that may have not heard it before. In Psalm 3, 8, it talks about the blessing is on his people. And in Psalm 5, verse 12, it says, For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous, with favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Notice the blessing and favor both in that same verse. God has blessed the righteous and with favor he has compassed him or surrounded him like a shield. So one of the first things that God did in order for man to reach a maximum lifestyle, highest level attainable, is he pronounced his blessing on him. And that's one of the things that Jesus went to the cross for So that you and I could get that blessing back on our lives. Amen. Amen. That's revealed in Galatians chapter 3. Amen. If you will, turn there with me to Galatians chapter 3. Verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So notice Jesus redeemed mankind, and as a result, man was entitled to have the blessing of God restored to his life. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. That's one of the one of the reasons why. You and I are capable now of reaching a maximum lifestyle. Without the blessing, we have limitations. Without the blessing, we live just like the rest of the world. Amen. Now, one of the things somebody says, Well, I know lots of people that are very successful that don't even know God. Yeah, but are they happy? I know know wealthy people, Brother Jerry. That don't even know God. They don't know anything about the blessing, but they're very successful. But are they happy? Amen. Amen. Right. The Bible says that God uh, gives His blessing and He adds no sorrow to it. Amen. I'd whole lot rather be blessed of the Lord than just be rich and not have the blessing. Because I can be blessed to the Lord and be rich and happy and have no sorrow. Amen. Sleep good at night and not worry about somebody taking my stuff. Amen. 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 That's right. Amen. 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 No sorrow added to it. So the blessing is one of the things that God did in the very beginning to guarantee that man would live at a maximum level. The highest level attainable. Amen. Learn to depend upon the blessing. Learn to depend upon the favor of God. I I don't go anywhere without expecting the blessing and the favor of God to go with me. Not only that, but I expect goodness and mercy to follow me everywhere I go. Praise God. Amen. That's the reason no matter where I'm at, I get blessed in some way. I have favor manifest in some way. Didn't we have favor manifest on this trip in various ways? Amen. I'm not saying we don't come under attack. I'm not saying that uh, Satan doesn't ever bother us anymore. Oh, he, he launched attacks while we were on this trip. But I, 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 I told Carolyn, I said, and I told the guys, I said, you know, even though we had attacks, it never got my joy. Because I know, that I know, that I know, that I know, God's always working behind the scenes. Always working behind the scenes. Hallelujah. And what Satan meant for bad, God is going to turn it into something good. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, yeah, there there, there were some disappointments, but it, it didn't get my joy. Because I knew and I know that God is working on something. Hallelujah. He's working on something for my benefit. He's working on something right now for your benefit. That's one of the privileges of having the favor of God on your life. Hallelujah. I think you ought to lift our hands and thank God for His favor. What in the world will we do without the favor of God on our lives? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I depend on it every day. Every day. Every day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And God doesn't disappoint me. Praise Praise the Lord. So once again, Genesis chapter 1 says that God blessed man. Number two, God gave man dominion and authority. God gave man dominion and authority. Now, that's one of the things that was restored to man when Jesus went to Calvary. That's one of the things that Paul writes about. In fact, if you study Paul's writings very closely, you're going to find Genesis intertwined in them. Because there are three major things that Paul talks about. Number one, the blessing. Number two... Authority. And number three, seed. Dominion, the blessing, and seed. Those were the three things that God established when he created man. And the reason he gave him the blessing, the reason he gave him dominion and authority, and the reason he gave him seed was that was man's way of reaching the maximum. And the highest level attainable. Amen. Amen. If you have the blessing. And you have the favor of God. And you have dominion and authority. And you have seed to sow. Amen. Nothing can stop you. That's right. That's right. Nothing can stop you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're now headed for the maximum. Yes. Learn how to appropriate those principles. Amen. Amen. We have an adversary. As you well know, his name is Satan. And he's out to stop us. He's out to prevent us from enjoying God's best. But the good news is, we have authority over him. Amen. Amen. We have authority over him. He's been reduced to zero. Through what Jesus did at Calvary. He has no dominion over you. He has no authority over you. He has no right to steal your finances. He has no right to keep you sick. He has no right to hold you down. He has no right to keep you, hold you back. He has no right, no right whatsoever to defeat you in any way. You have dominion. Hallelujah. It's time we start exercising our dominion. Why would we just sit back And let the devil push us around. Let the devil get away with what he gets away with. And sometimes, and I I know I've been guilty of it just like you have. Just tolerate things that I don't have to tolerate. That I have dominion and authority over. Amen. Let's go to Ephesians for a moment. Look at chapter one and verse sixteen. Paul says, "I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Father, God of our Lord Jesus Christ." the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance and in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? What is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? according to the working of His mighty power. In other words, Paul is saying, I'm praying that you will receive a revelation of the power, dominion, and authority that you now have through what Jesus did at Calvary. He calls it exceeding, exceeding greatness of His power. Verse 20, Which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. And let him at his own, and, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And hath put all things under his feet. Put all things under his feet. Where are the feet? They're in the body. He's the head, we're the body. The body of Christ. And he's put all things under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. So what is Paul telling us? We have dominion and authority. It's been restored to us. Adam forfeited that dominion and authority. When he committed high treason. But Jesus went to Calvary. And did you notice that even in the bowels of this earth, in, the, in, in, in in hell itself, where Jesus went to pay the price, a lot of Christians don't know that Jesus went into the pit. And I said, I don't believe he went in into hell. Well, if he didn't, you would have to go. Because that's how far Adam's sin went. When When he died on the cross and said, It is finished. That's not the end of the story. He didn't just float off to heaven. He spent three days and nights in the bowels of the earth to pay the punishment, pay the price for Adam's transgression. And after three days and nights, Heaven was satisfied that debt had been paid. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. And the Bible says that that Jesus uh, sort of flexed his spiritual muscles. He spoke principalities and powers, made a show of them openly. And havoc was wrecked, reaped. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Havoc was reaped expressed in in hell itself and Satan had to stand by and watch it happen and couldn't do a thing about it. Amen. Reached over and took the keys of death, hell and the grave from Satan. Led captivity captive up in the upper region of hell where all the Old Testament characters were, were being held until Jesus went in To pay the price for Adam's transgression. The Bible says he went up to that upper region. And led captivity captive. And I see David right at the front. As Jesus is taking all those Old Testament characters into heaven. And I hear David saying. Open ye gates and the King of glory will come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord God mighty in battle. He's the King of glory. Hallelujah. And he presented them all to his father. And the father turned to Jesus and said, again, thou art my son. Meaning for three days there. Because Jesus was made to be sin. So that we might be made the righteousness of God. You mean Jesus was made to be sin? That's what Paul says. That's what the Bible says. He never sinned. He was made to be sin. You never committed righteousness, but he made you righteous. He never committed sin, but he made him sin. So that you could be made righteous. Hallelujah. And Jesus, uh, the Father turned to Jesus and said, Thy throne, O God, is forever. And he handed him the scepter of righteousness. Gave him all dominion and all authority. And then Jesus reappeared in the earth and said these words. All power has been given unto me. Now you go in my name. You cast out the devil. You lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. What is he saying? All power and dominion has been given to me. Now I'm giving it back to you. So use it, hallelujah. Use it and enjoy maximum life. Enjoy the highest level attainable. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a shout, praise God. Amen. Amen. My goodness. Jesus is our champion. Hallelujah. We now can stand in the presence of God just like Adam did before sin was ever committed. Hallelujah. The Bible says that God walked and talked with Adam in the cool of the day. Hey, we we can walk and talk with God every moment of the day. Our relationship has been restored. Don't look at yourself any longer as just an old sinner saved by grace. You were an old sinner. You got saved by grace. You can't be both. You're either still a sinner or you were saved by grace. But you can't be a sinner and saved by grace. Get rid of those sin titles. Get rid of that sin consciousness. Somebody said, yeah, but I I made a mistake. Well, you have an advocate with the Father, even the righteous Jesus Christ. If you make a mistake, confess it. God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness and treat you as though it never happened. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, folks, you can live a maximum lifestyle. You can live a maximum lifestyle. You can reach the highest level attainable. Through the blessing, through favor, through dominion, and authority, and seed sowing. Hallelujah. Jesus got you that privilege back. Can you say amen? Oh, come on, give him a good shout of praise. Come on, give him a good shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen Y'all behave Let me finish The blessing Is designed by God To enable you to prosper No matter what's going on around you In your world There is evidence in the Bible Of extreme situations for instance Genesis 26 where Isaac was in a land where there was ex, where they were experiencing famine and God said I'll be with you and I will bless you yeah, yeah. Amen. and in spite of all the, the, the negative things that were happening around him God told him to sow in that land and the Bible says even in the midst of a famine he experienced a hundredfold he waxed great the Bible says which means he increased extremely increased one translation says he got richer by the day the blessing worked even in a famine now famine for us today might be bad economy a recession but the blessing will work in bad economy. The recession will work in a re- uh, The blessing will work in a recession. Hallelujah. Don't, don't accept what everything, all the world accepts. Sometimes you just need to turn TV off. Go back and get in the book. <laughs> Amen. The blessing is designed to work. No matter what the conditions are. No matter what the circumstances are. Hallelujah. The favor of God will work no matter where you are. No matter what's going on around you. You can expect God's favor to show up in in places that most people would never dream that it would show up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dominion and authority. And once again, we we tolerate things we don't have to tolerate. We put up with things that we don't have to put up with. Amen. There have been times when, you know, things have happened in my own life. And sometimes it would bring some frustration. Frustration. And finally, I'd say, "Okay, Lord, what I need to do here." And it wouldn't be it wouldn't be some new revelation I'd never heard before. <laughs> it's always back to the basics. Well, have you taken dominion over it? Mm, no. Have you sowed seed toward that? Oh man, I know better than that. Have you expected the blessing and favor to manifest? Come on. What's wrong with me? Come on. Same thing wrong with you. <laughs> Amen. We let we let Revelation slip. Book of Hebrews talks about that. That we, we, we let revelation slip from time to time. And when we let revelation slip, then we tolerate things that we don't have to tolerate. We put up with things that we don't have to put up with. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, along with the blessing and along with dominion and authority, God gave Adam seed. And he said, and it shall be for meat. And the word meat can also be translated provision. I've given you seed for provision. In other words, if you ever have a need in your life, the way that that need will be met is by the sowing of seed. The Lord taught me years ago, he said, don't be need-minded. Be seed-minded. Amen. 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 Whenever you have a need and you come to me with your need, I'll talk to you about a seed. I remember, and uh, I've said this to you before, but it's worthy of repeating. I, I remember a time when I was in need of a certain amount of money for a project that I was doing and just didn't have any more money for that particular project. I had money, but it was designated for other projects and I couldn't use it because that's what the IRS refers to as misappropriating funds. So I needed this extra money. And I'm flying to Tulsa to do a meeting with Oral Roberts. And uh, on my way up there, I presented the Lord. This need. I said I have need of X amount of dollars. And he said. When you get to Tulsa. There will be five preachers. That are. uh, Considering quitting the ministry. If they don't get a word from me. In this meeting tonight. He said. "Uh, Give them all one of your. Suits. And pray over. I said Okay. So we flew a little further and I said, uh, Lord, uh, I have this need. He said, when you get to Tulsa, there'll be a family, uh, a couple that have a ministry of distributing food to the poor in their community. And they need a van. You just bought two new vans for your ministry. Give them one of them. Okay. So we flew a little further. I said, Lord, uh, about this need. He said, when you get to Tulsa there'll be this preacher that is in need of $500 right now. Give him your briefcase with $500 cash in it. I said, I don't want to talk to you no more. (laughs) So far, every time I've asked God about a need, He's talking to me about a seed. Duh. Let me try on this side. Duh. I'm talking to God about a need and He's talking to me about a seed. Yes. That's God's way. He established that in Genesis chapter 1. Amen. Ah. Amen. 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 And remember at the beginning, His precepts do not need changing. His laws do not need changing. His laws didn't fail. It was man who failed. Amen. Amen. And so when I got to Tulsa, and uh, Brother Roberts, we were doing a double header that night. He preached first, then asked me to close it out. And when I got up... Uh, I made that statement. I said, there are five preachers in here and told him what the Lord said. And five preachers came forward. Now, there were 2,000 preachers in that meeting. And five preachers came forward. And miraculously, they were all my size. <laughs> Not an Eric in the bunch. Not a tall one in the bunch. And I told them that what the Lord said. And I said, as soon as I get home, I'll mail you all a suit and uh, give me your address so I can get it done. And then I mentioned about the van. There was a couple came up crying and said, uh, yes, we, we asked God for a van so we can distribute food to the poor in our community. I said, well, I have your van. If you'll come to Fort Worth, I'll have it filled up with fuel. I'll give you the title deed to it and you can drive it back home. They were from Illinois. And so they, they came when I got back home, picked up their van and drove it uh, back to Illinois. Illinois. And then the other preacher that needed $500, he came forward. I gave him my briefcase with $500 cash in it. And he went his way joyful. Praise God. Now I got an airplane I started flying back home. And I said, Lord. Then I remembered, don't talk to him about another need. <laughs> I said, I just want to thank you that my need is met. Praise God. I want to thank you that my need is met now we started the Kenneth Copeland Believers Convention that Monday this happened on Friday that Monday we started the convention right here in Fort Worth and the first night a bunch of us were in the elevator going up to our room after the service and a little lady got in the elevator with us and in the natural it didn't look like she, she didn't even look like she had been in the meeting. She didn't have a purse on her. She didn't have a Bible on her. She, had, she had, had on a jogging suit. And it just looked like somebody staying in the hotel. Maybe they'd been out having dinner or something. And she got in the elevator with us and pushed a button. And uh, me and Happy Caldwell and Jeannie and Carolyn and, and, and Jesse and, and Kathy... And a couple others were all in the elevator talking about what Brother Copeland preached that night. And uh, then when the door opened for her floor, she started out and then turned around and said, Brother Jerry, God told me this would happen here. And handed me a check. And the door's closing almost before I could say thank you. And I got a check in my hand. And, of course, inquiring minds want to know, you know. And it was exactly what I needed that I had asked God for flying to Tulsa, praise God. Amen. I talked to him about a need. He talked to me about a seed. Amen. With the blessing and with favor and with dominion and authority and with seed to sow, there is no stopping you. There is no stopping you. You can reach the highest level attainable, praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, with that information or with those revelations, Mm. then if you don't reach a higher level this year by appropriating them, then you tell God His principles failed. I'm not telling Him. You tell Him. His principles we already read. We read at the beginning. That's the reason I took the time to lay that foundation That there's nothing wrong with the principles of God. There's nothing wrong with His precepts. There's nothing wrong with His laws. If they're not working, you're not working them. Amen. You have every right to reach the maximum by applying the same principles that were laid out in Genesis chapter 1. Hallelujah. I think God is so smart, don't you? That'll probably be the greatest revelation you'll ever receive. God is smarter than you. And God is smarter than me. Amen. Amen. Now, the reason I read the scriptures about show me your ways, that's exactly what we've been doing. We're seeing the ways of God. How God operates. How God operates. Seek first the kingdom of God and His way of doing and being right. That's what we're doing this morning. We're seeking God's ways. Lead me into your ways, the psalmist said. Teach me your ways. Amen. I have regard for your ways. Forget about your way and pursue God's way. Because God's way never fails. Can you say amen? Amen. So let's lift our hands this morning. And let's thank God that we have, according to the book of Genesis, the principles that will produce the maximum lifestyle and the highest level attainable. With those principles, there's no limit to how far you can go in your walk with God. And how you enjoy your life on planet earth. Let's praise him for it. Praise God. Thank you Father. We bless you Lord. We worship you Lord. We thank you. Thank you for restoring unto us. Through what Jesus did at Calvary. The principles that will take us to life unlimited. In the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray over every person within the sound of my voice right now, both in this auditorium and those who may be watching by live stream or down the road or by YouTube. I pray in Jesus' name that this will become a deep revelation to them. That we have everything we need. We lack nothing. You have not not spared anything. That we need to enjoy life at its best. And we thank you for it. And we make the quality decision right now. Make the commitment that from this day forward, we're not leaning to our ways. We're not leaning to our own understanding. We certainly don't lean to the world's ways. We look to your way. Because your way is unchangeable. Your way always works. Your way is perfect. In Jesus' name, and needs no improvement. And we give you praise for it. Hallelujah. And I'm praying that every person will take this revelation and appropriate it in their lives. And that over the next few days, over the next few weeks, and the next few months... They'll look back and say, My, mind, isn't it wonderful where God has taken me just since I heard these things in church on this particular Sunday. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise for it. Come on, give Him your best shout. Amen. Come on, is that your best shout? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen.